Good to see you. Thank you. All right. All right. I got to talk to you about something. <laughs> I mean, I got to talk to you about something. CD Project Red. Cyberpunk 2077. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lager again and this is Yellow Brick Road. The friendly little podcast about visual effects, movies, and games. And yes, today we're going to dissect the production of the hugely successful E3 trailer for CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. Here to help me are three key members of the Goodbye Kansas team that produced the trailer. Director Fredrik Löberg, art director Mikael Widegren, and lead character artist Jonas Skog. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. Good to have you back. Uh, because all of you have visited Yellow Brick Road before, so hopefully our listeners know you by now. But to sum it up, you have been creating AAA game trailers for Goodbye Kansas for many years now. But uh, Cyberpunk is the most successful one yet, right? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, how did it all start, Fred? Well, we had just finished uh, off our Walking Dead cinematics, and we were super proud of those, and they... Uh, they were very well received throughout the uh, the world and uh, and uh, and like potential new clients and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then just one day I I, I felt that I'm just going to reach out to some people around. Uh, yeah. And then I, I wrote to a guy called um, Pavel Severinsky. Sorry, Pavel, I probably butchered your last name. Uh, <laughs> he's anyway he's a he's an awesome guy. He's a cinematic director at uh, CD Projekt Red. And he's worked there for uh, for quite some time. You know, he did a, like he was a cinematic director on The Witcher Three, for instance, and stuff. And basically, I just I wrote to him and just like I'm a huge fan of your guys. Uh, you know, I love your work with The Witcher and the, the Witcher cinematics and all that stuff. And just you know, uh, and just told them you know the 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 amount of respect I had for for him and his team. And uh, and then he responded with something very similar that you know that he. He had our his eyes on 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 us. He he loved the Walking Dead cinematics, and it was one of those things that was a perfect place and perfect time. A week before, he had a like an, an art directors meeting or whatever at at their company, and he had presented our work to their their team and the game director and said like this is what we need in the future, like this visual quality, and you know we should uh, reach out to these guys. Uh, and then you know a week later, I just you know wrote to him. So it was one of those really mm-hmm. nice uh, coincidences. It just happened. And we, we became friends, like, off the bat. And then within two weeks, I think it was maybe three, we flew down there. So it was me, Jürgen Lilia, one of our EPs, and uh, uh, Gustav Holmsen, our creative director. So we flew down to Poland, Warsaw, and they received us with, like, open arms and gave us a studio tour. We were there for, like, a day and a half, sort of. And it was wonderful, uh, the reception we got from them. And, you know, the, everyone we uh, got to meet, they were very friendly and everyone was like amazed that oh these are the guys that did walking dead cinematics and you know came up and shook their hands and stuff and it was really weird because we looked up to them we we're like oh these guys are like the the biggest names in the gaming industry and we're you know a small little company from stockholm and uh we 
we were really humbled by the reception we got from them, and it was really fun. And it started from there, you know, it was like most of the visit was, you know, just a friendly visit. And the, But we, you know, had a little business talk and, and just, you know, met with some of the other uh, dra- uh, creative directors and art directors and game directors and so on and so forth. And uh, it, was, it was really fun. And so, you know, we started off where most endeavors should start off, uh, with friendship. Hmm. I mean, for those not working in the game trailer business, uh, could you describe the process of getting awarded a, a big project like this? I mean, normally I, I assume it starts with a pitch, but 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 this this was a special case, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. As you said, you know, usually we we get a brief and we do a pitch, we you know do our creative take on it, uh, and uh, but for this, since we we started off with becoming friends first and just like oh we love you you love us we have a mutual very high respect for for each other it it just started off from there and then we we didn't pitch on it they proposed like oh maybe you guys want to work on this or maybe you know this and this and then you know finally we landed on what they wanted to award us on and what we wanted to work with and that was you know the the e3 trailer uh there were you know a lot of discussions back and forth of uh of uh, which path we should take and uh, yeah Mm. So, so how did it feel when you realized that you would do a trailer for a game that has been voted, quote, the most anticipated game, end quote, in the gaming world? Uh, for me, it was uh, it was both amazing, but it was like it was nerve wracking at the same time. The responsibility to to do something like this, uh, I mean, the hype over the game has been and is it's so big, mm. uh, and then coming in doing something. Uh, at this magnitude, uh, it's a big responsibility. But you know, all of us here working here, we're we're a great team. We're seasoned. We have a, a, a really good mutual respect and uh, collaborative and understanding each other. So, like my nerves quickly dissipated, mm. and also knowing like what the client, like what CDPR has produced in in the past. Like we know that they have really good taste. They know what they want and. So like the nerves went down and then it was just, you know, buckle up and then get to it. Mm. So when the project was landed, how how did you go about to start the production? Well, uh, from an art direction perspective, uh, usually the first thing we do is um, try to get a sense of kind of the different environments and the settings in the script. Uh, and we go over any sort of concept art or references that in this case CD Projekt Red sent along. Um, and like, so it's a big part of trying to figure out what they're after, um, and kind of what would, yeah, what would fit. So, uh, and a big part is also kind of what is our vision for the trailer? Like, what do we want to do? What will we think look cool, you know, within these kind of, within this framework? It's a bit of a mix trying to figure out what we want to do. Jonas? Yeah. So for the asset build, we, we kind of had to like hit the ground running. Uh, since we knew from the start that this was a major project and we did not have that much time before E3. But like always, we did receive a few game assets from CDPR uh, and we started breaking them down like we usually do. We look at the ZBrush files to see the quality bar. We look at the substance painter files to see if they work the same way as we do and how their files are structured. And then we create a plan for how to get the characters into the pipe in the most efficient and less time-consuming way possible. Yeah, and uh, and narratively, uh, it's uh, you know we received a script from them, and uh, it, it was some back and forth. I mean, you know, it's it's their story; they know the game best. But they also came to us uh, not only for our visual 
quality. It's also for our, you know, creative quality uh, and wh what we can bring to the table. So is you know, we help them and uh, massage the script uh, and do the storyboard and, and previous and you know figure out the movie and find the the ebb and flow of the movie and the beats uh, and try to to make it as as both emotionally awesome and cool as possible. And of course, you know everything leading up to the reveal at the end. Mikael, uh, as art director of the trailer, how did you get involved in the production? Um, well, on the like our previous work on the Walking Dead trailers, I worked really closely with Gustav Holmsten, uh, first as a concept artist and matte painter, and then kind of as time went along, got more and more art direction responsibility. Um, so once this came along, I was yeah, I was super thrilled to be able to like get to be the principal art director on this one. Mm. Um, yeah, super exciting. I mean, but it's a very much like a team effort, of course, as well. So it's not, you know, it's a lot of lighting and set design and that sort of stuff plays in as well. So it's like, I mean, we, I work really closely with uh, Christian, our lighting lead, and Jesper, our look dev lead for the environments and the lighting and the mood and everything. And of course, Henrik, our supervisor too. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what references did you have for the world of Night City? Uh, I mean, how, how much creative freedom did you have? Uh, there were so many. Uh, of course, like we received a lot from, from CDPR. I mean, they built this city, they built this world, so they obviously know it sort of better than anyone. Um, and then again, like the initial sort of thoughts we had had around art direction and inspiration and stuff, again, they ended up sending pretty much like the same <laughs> movies and scenes and stuff like that. So... That was really encouraging in the beginning to feel that we were very much in sync. Um, but I mean, it, the, I think the first point of reference for stuff like this is, you know, usually Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, um, I mean, the cyberpunk universe in Night City has a lot more elements to it, which is really interesting. I mean, it's not as dark. It's not as kind of post-apocalyptic in a way. Um, I mean, there's such a there's a lot of humor in it as well. It's a lot of color. It's very vibrant, but like also very very cruel place. Like if you start to think about it. So yeah, it's part Blade Runner for sure. But to me, like there's also like some sun bleached like California stuff going on. Mm -hmm. There's almost like some Miami Vice kind of Scarface. It's like a little bit kitschy kind of. <laughs> uh, and then you also have like a lot of Asian influence, like Ghost in the Shell and and so on. Um, and as for creative freedom, I mean. When it's something like this, you're not aiming to like recreate something or like invent something from scratch, you know, and we got the freedom from them in a lot of ways too to like design our little corner of this world, you know, while still being true to their vision. But, you know, you get to dive in a lot and you get to be creative in like the small spaces, like what does like a shower cabinet look like in a <laughs> super shady motel room? And like, what does the bathroom look like? Like what's the, what's the decor? What's the feeling? Like all that stuff. So, yeah, I think mm. that was the, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. The, the, the story evolves around a character called V. Uh, Jonas, uh, as lead character artist of the trailer, well, what can you tell me about the creation of V? V was created basically like the rest of the characters uh, since they were all based on the in-game models we received from CDPR. Uh, but since the game was under full production at the time and V is the hero of the story, this meant that there's always design alterations during the production uh, and basically during the entire process during the yeah, the entire cinematic. 
the creation of these characters is never linear basically outfits change facial features change textures change so it's really hard to have a solid plan you have to roll with the punches a bit besides the design process there was lots of new stuff that i wanted to try out with these characters so we for one decided to switch to v-ray next for this project and they had this cool new hair shader that we played with a lot it's it's always kind of hard when you switch to a new type of material because they all behave in different ways but i think it looked good in the end and we also tried out some new displacement maps so we use uh, they're called like multi-channel xyz displacement maps so basically it's a scan of a face mold so you you get a displacement from that and also you get matching polarized albedos which match the pores perfectly so that really helped us to vamp the details for all the characters quite a lot is v based on a real person a real actor no v is fully fictional in his appearance uh, he was hand sculpted by the great artists over at cdpr um, and from our side we we just polished those great models adding more high frequency details and just just vamping them for vfx production basically there are so many great characters in this trailer. My personal favorite is uh, the cigar-smoking baddie, Dex. Uh, how did you go about to create him? So for Dex, we, we had basically the same approach as with the other characters. So we again received the in-game model and we started to prepping him for, for cinematic. We usually split the characters up to like two parts or more just to be able to work on him from like different artists working at the same time, we can speed up the process. So we, we split up the clothes to one artist and the head to another artist and same with the hair, but we gave him the same treatment as V as the others, gave, giving him like really high res displacement maps for the face and so on. The, the hair and the shading was actually done by our talented uh, VFX supervisor, Henrik Eklund. So kudos to him. There is so much more to these characters. We have the facial animation team. We have cloth simulation, rigging as well. And all parts are really important pieces to this puzzle. I mean, creating digital humans is about the hardest thing you can do. Uh, and we've discussed this many times at Jellybrick Road. In my opinion, I think Dex is one of your finest works so far. And even though we've discussed it so many things, let's discuss it again. Well, what's the secret? Why do we read him as all real? I would say it's a good combination of all parts we've discussed in this podcast so so far. The model needs to look good, the shading has to be balanced, the light of the scenes plays a huge role in realism, and of course the character needs to have great animation to really be brought to life. It's only when these pieces fully match that you get great results, basically. Yeah, and you know, like Yuna said, all of these amazing uh, artists that work at our place give me something to work off of uh, which is so awesome so they put all their artistic uh, 
thoughts into it and technical thoughts and technical solutions. And then, you know, when it comes to directing, we we cast really talented actors wherever we want to find them. We always have a casting process. And that's one thing that really helps elevate them and sell that they are real people, actual real person that we're capturing in, in our mo- motion capture studio, which we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many things that add up. I mean, the closer you get, the more you notice, like all the little things that can still be improved. I think the camera and the lenses you use and how you frame characters really plays a big part as well. Like the wrong lens can sort of totally kind of mess things up. So yeah, that's super important. Hmm. This is not the first game cinematic we discuss in this podcast and most probably not the last one either. But let's pretend we've never talked about production steps and talk about the different processes during a full CG production like this one. So far, we we covered the vision, the script, concept art, asset build. What comes next? So parallel to these steps comes the actual production uh, where you set up all the shots, you do the animation... You do all the lighting. Uh, all these steps is needed to start getting renders out that can get the comp treatment. Yeah, it's a lot of wrangling sort of in the beginning to get everything, all the shots set up and all that stuff. And then for the majority of the project, it's a very iterative approach. So one of the first major like milestones is like when you have a first timeline rendered, you know, and then you sort of go from there. Like, what can we improve? What doesn't work? Where do we fix this thing? Is this like a character thing? Or do we fix this particular issue? Is it maybe the light that's like, that can be tweaked? And so it's a lot of just sort of versioning up and like just pushing it. And then, I mean, lighting and then compositing is where sort of everything has to come together. So there's a lot of work that happens there. Uh, Carl and Peter are compositing leads. I mean, they did a fantastic job as well. Uh, I mean, the 3D gets a lot of focus, but comp is really like where a lot of magic happens as well. Uh, It's really hard work. I mean, they work really, really hard. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, it requires a lot of talent, you know, and skilled people. Uh, but like the editing, the, the pacing, you set that f- fairly early on, don't you? And does it change during production? Or We try to figure out the movie in like in every step of the way. You know, the, the script is, of course, the first part. And then, you know, we do storyboards and then we edit together a, a board-o-matic uh, and then a previous. And all these steps is to, you know, get a step closer to figuring out how the movie should play out. Uh, and again, it is an iterative process, and it's always like to get a, a, a locked edit. You know, we we need to go through a certain amount of steps and have a vision of how is it going to look in the end. Because in the beginning, everything is you know we might not have like all the finished environments, and uh, some of the characters might not have textures and stuff, and uh, uh, we don't have the lighting. And you know, it, 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 in the previous, it's usually kind of gray and, and dull. There's no facial animation and stuff. So locking down. And edit at that point is tricky. You know, we have a, a good idea. We know what we want. But like the nuances of of finding uh, everything is, um, it takes a while. It's an iterative process. So let's talk about the mocap shoot. Uh, how do you work with the actors? Well, the way I direct actors on a mocap shoot, it's um, the easiest way to, to describe it. It's like, it's a mixture between theatrical directing and uh, and directing actors on uh, on set like on in, in live action on in like you do in tv shows and, and movies we know the frames we want we know like the type of ca- camera language and and the basic 
uh, edit because we've established that in our previous steps with the boardmatic and, and previous. But but again, like when we have the talented actors on set, uh, you find so many new nuances in, in their performance. And what we do is that we usually find uh, to split the, the different scenes up. So we know that, okay, from here to here, we're going to do a take. And then, you know, we sort of like directing a, a 360 degrees um, set try to you know focus on like the details and thinking like okay i'm going to cut here i'm going to use this part i'm going to use that part but it's experience but it's also a gut feeling of how to direct them and and the dynamic they bring to each other and then of course we do several takes of the different scenarios and uh, and from that that's when we actually do the the final edit and we can uh, find the nuances like okay we uh, like in a previous we might have had a an over-the-shoulder shot of V at a certain point, but then in the in the real movie we might have a close-up instead because of his performance told us something that we didn't get uh, from before. His facial expression told us that oh, this we need to to be here because it uh, it's a very important beat. And that's it's it's always tricky because you know creating these uh, full CG trailers is uh, technically very challenging, and so it's always a discussion of. Like I don't do all the decisions. Like I, I, I try to keep uh, all the key personnel involved, and we discuss of like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Can we have this? And I want that cut. And then you know sometimes uh, things are, end up on the cutting room floor because we don't have time to produce, or they're just unnecessary for the storytelling. And then and, and sometimes uh, amazing suggestions come up, like, oh, but what if we do that instead of cutting from there to there? We we cut to this thing instead. Uh, so it's, it's a really fun process and, and we really have to think of uh, the lighting as well. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling a bit here, but as I've said before, we, you know, everything's gray and when we're in the mocap volume, it's just our walls. But so it's really important, like all the work like Mikael does and, and Jonas does of the characters and, and the, the concepts and stuff, that really helps me know that, okay, in this scenario here, from this angle, we're probably going to have this type of lighting. And that informs me that, uh, you know, how their performance should be. So it's a lot of thinking 50 steps ahead uh, in, instead of on live action. What you see in the camera is what you get. And it can only be pulled off if, if you have this very collaborative, talented team that everyone just pulls together and, and pitches in. And at the same time as all of this happened, the world of Night City was taking shape. Uh, Mikael, how many different sets did you have to create? Uh, in total, there were about eight. I mean, they varied in terms of, I think, size and complexity and also kind of what technique we used. So the room and the bathroom are like fully 3D. You can go anywhere, look like as close as you want in any little corner and it'll hold up. Um, and then we had the exterior, which was like a blend, I would say, of that and some matte painting work for the city in the background. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun with the little details in the bathroom and the, and the corridor and stuff like that. So that's also a mix between kind of some matte painting and some uh, and mostly 3D. Uh, then there's also the shootout at the Arasaka Hotel. So we uh, we had to create, you know, most of that hotel and that street and everything for it to hold up since it's such a long kind of an epic shot. Uh, I would count the interior of the car as, an, as a separate environment. And then of course, you know, in the beginning we have the skyline of Night City and the final shot of the garbage dump. Those were mostly matte painting with some 3D as support. How long did the entire production take? And how many were you in the team? Well, uh, we were about 140 people. And I think the project ran for about five months. 
I might be correct. <laughs> and and how did the collaboration with CDPR look like? The collaboration with CD Project Red was was awesome. I mean, it was really really good. Like our DNA here at Goodbye Kansas is to be a very boutique studio, be very open and collaborative, and that that's with everything. Like we we try to educate our clients in how we work and how our pipeline works and why we have to lock certain things down at a certain point and why we make some decisions the way we do and stuff. And collaborating with CD Projekt Red was uh, a lot of, you know, just uh, emails, uh, a quick call, them visiting, us visiting them, uh, and, you know, just discussions back and forth constantly, uh, sending them updates uh, and just being very open and uh, and because everyone had the same goal, we just, you know, we hoped that the, the trailer was going to be the big hit it was. But, you know, you never know. But everyone just wanted to make something amazing. The collaboration, in, in a few words, was just that collaboration between studios. Very tight. At the end of the trailer, a certain Keanu Reeves appears. When did you learn he would be part of the trailer? We learned fairly late. You know, CDPR, of course, wanted to keep everything secret. And, you know, the fact that his involvement didn't leak is amazing. Like, no one can understand that he didn't. Like, everyone thought he was going to leak, but because he's so famous. But he didn't. So, like, uh, we learned quite, you know, maybe midway-ish through the project that he was going to be in the trailer. So you knew you were working on a title that plenty of people were interested in. So, so I guess you knew that lots of people would see it. But did you expect it to have such a huge impact as it had? No. <laughs> I mean, you, you can always hope. And uh, it's surrealistic. I mean, uh, I was there at E3 uh, during the presentation and I sat with the client. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, uh, in that uh, arena, I think... There was like 7,000 people. And then when the trailer started, it was like, it was dead silent. It was completely silent. And it was just our trailer running up there. And it was just amazing because you could tell that everyone was like so invested in it. And and then, you know, then it it ends, the fake ending. And then people started to applaud and stuff. But then, of course, you know, his uh, he reboots and then Keanu Reeves, uh, Johnny Silverhand appears. Wait the f*** up, samurai. We have a city to burn. And people freaked. It was just sitting amongst people just applauding and freaking. And then, you know, just after that, what happened? Well, Keanu Reeves comes out on stage. And it was just, it was so weird being right there. And, you know, there was this one guy that sat in front of us in the theater. He turned around. He's like, you guys cheated. You had Keanu Reeves. Of course, it's going to be a huge success, <laughs> and it's it's uh, it was so fun, and uh, you know, and just him, he's so charismatic, going up on scene, you know, and someone shouting, "You're breathtaking," and all that stuff. It was just cool. So, how does it feel when you wrap up a production like this one? Do you like reboot your brain so you don't risk repeating yourself in the next trailer production? Well, my brain doesn't reboot in that sense. Um, I mean, I need rest and relaxation, but it's always active. I mean. When we wrap up a project like this, um, one thing that immediately happens, and, and it's something I can't help, and I think a lot of us are the same, is that we dissect our own project. It's like, okay, what could we do better? Like, we're 
don't get me wrong, we are so proud of this. I mean, we love our work in this, and, and that's coming from a humble Swede. We don't say that about our stuff. But at the same time, we're like, okay, what could we do better? And, and I think that's a healthy thing to, to have, that you want to uh, always continue to push forward, not only technically, but creatively. For me, it was just uh, landing off of E3 and then having some vacation and then uh, just you know, jumping back in the seat again. I can only agree with what Frederick said that when you reboot it's it's not like you have to sleep for a month it's more like during the project everything goes usually quite fast so you you can't do that many alterations and you always have stuff you know you can do better so what what you, you usually think about these stuff during the project and afterwards and you you just get eager to get up on the horse again and just do it better so but of course everyone needs some sleep definitely especially after a project like this so a, a good night's sleep and then get up again and do it twice as good next time yeah i mean i, I totally agree and i mean for me it can also i mean sometimes it can feel a bit like empty and depressing to be honest like you work so intensely and close to this team for such a long time uh and then all of a sudden like it's over it's a weird feeling and of course like like you want to said like you're always kind of in that mode of like okay we could have done this better this shot could have been improved in a certain way like you sort of uh yeah it's hard to you know you need some time to get a bit of a distance to it and really kind of appreciate it mm. i mean there is something called post-production depression it's a fact but yeah, but, it's real. <laughs> but but then on on the bright side i mean you guys work together in the same house so you will continue to work with each other so it's not that yeah no that <laughs> no of course but it's still you know and a special project like this as well doesn't come along like that often when it's this hyped and this mm -hmm. you know intense so it's uh, yeah, yeah it's cool yeah and of course and production never stops what we do after a big trailer like this it has we we work on smaller projects and that can be rest enough that it's not as stressful so but you still have your creative engine running. Yeah. I mentioned that the trailer so far has had well over 55 million views. And the behind-the-scenes film of the production has so far had over 1 million views, I think. That's quite a lot too. Uh, so how does it feel to know that your work has been viewed by so many people, honestly? I mean, it feels really cool. Uh, it's kind of abstract in a way, like 55 million. It's hard to grasp, sort of. I mean, you want people to see it and you want people to appreciate it. But I think a big part, at least for me, is like I want to do cool stuff with these people. So that's kind of enough. It's a really humbling experience to to get such appreciation as as we got after this trailer. And besides that, we we are gamers ourselves, so we really love this title and the company behind it. So we we are really looking forward to the release. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that is really fun with something that gets so many views is, you know, for us, we can sit for for you know on lunch break and just read through some of the comments and it's 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 really fun to read uh, through the comments because some are really wacky and some are really funny and some are like you know they some people dissect our work to a degree that's like no you know we didn't think of that it's like we just did it because we did it but for some people they have this you know a thesis about why we've done a certain thing and it's it's cool that a lot of people get invested 
and put down so much energy and time into something that we poured our hearts and souls into. So, many thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us and uh, hopefully we'll see you again. And you out there, many thanks for listening. Do check the Goodbye Kansas website if you want to see the trailer once again, because I guess you've already seen it. And the behind the scenes film is there as well. Next week, I'll be joined by Goodbye Kansas head of real time, Anton Palmqvist. Everybody's talking about real-time VFX these days. So what is it and why is it so hot? Well, join me next week and wonder no more. Until then, a bientôt, auf Wiederhören. Vi hörs. Ja,